In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. This is what we mean when we say, Merry Christmas. We rejoice greatly that the Son of God takes on human flesh, our human nature, and comes to us. For his sake? No. For ours? Yes. For our salvation. It's a great joy to see all of you here this morning to celebrate this great mystery, the nativity of the Lord, to celebrate the Son of God coming to us as a little babe in a stable in the town of Bethlehem. Christmas is more than a time for beautiful crushes, festive parties, beautiful lights and decorations. All this is good and wonderful. Christmas is a time to renew our love for Jesus, who loved us first. The wonder and excitement that the Christmas season brings is God's reminder to each of us how deeply God loves you and me. Growing up in the 60s and the 70s, I experienced that kind of love, first through the love of my family and then through God. I remember the many decorations that my parents put up around the house, several which were homemade by my dad. One in particular that I was always drawn to was the manger. I would look intently at Mary and Joseph, looking down at the baby Jesus in the crib. My mother insisted that the baby Jesus be in the crib before Christmas, so it didn't look like Mary and Joseph were lovingly gazing at a bale of hay. But I digress. Then I got older, went off to service, got married, then divorced. I got busy living the realities of life, bills to pay, things to do. I really didn't have much time for God in my life. That's not entirely true. I chose not to make time for God in my life. Trying to live this life without God, and we know that life is filled with difficulty and adversity for everyone. It's like trying to go out into a winter's blizzard in shorts, a t-shirt, and sandals. Not a good idea. After 10 years or so of trying to live life on my own without God, I finally began to see the light, not by any righteous deed that I have done, but because of God's mercy, as Titus beautifully points out in our second reading, but by the kindness and generous love of our Savior. And what God's love did for me was to gently pull me back into a meaningful and loving relationship with him. It started slowly. I first started by attending Christmas and Easter celebrations. I tell myself, I probably should go. After all, it's only right to give thanks to God. So I'd go. But Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus continued to tug at my heartstrings. I started thinking, I really should go more often. Once a month seemed fitting until it no longer did. Then I started going once a week. But I still wasn't ready to go all in. A poker reference. That's a homily for another day. I wasn't ready to go to confession to allow God to bring me healing and transform my life until one Easter I was. Jesus finally broke through all the walls that I had built up over all those years. The Jesus we now celebrate at Christmas brought me back at Easter. 
which, by the way, we really can't celebrate the meaning of Christmas without mentioning Easter. The two are inseparably intertwined. Without Christmas, there would be no Easter, and without Easter, there would be no salvation. Again, Titus reminds you and me this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we are justified by his grace and become heirs in hope and eternal life. This is what Christmas is all about, my friends. Hope for eternal life. The things of this world, no matter how beautifully they may be, are but passing shadows of the most beautiful things that are to come, that will not pass, are not temporary, but eternal. Eternal joy, eternal peace, eternal love. This is the gift that God the Father offers each and every one of us through his beloved Son, Jesus Christ. But like all gifts, we can choose to accept them or not. We can keep them wrapped and unopened on a shelf. I did that exactly for many years. I cannot tell you the great joy it brought me when I finally opened all those gifts that I kept hidden on the shelf. God then gave me other gifts to open. And that is how God is with each of us. He will keep sending you and me gifts that get better and better. God cannot be outdone in generosity. He only asks that we have an open heart to the love that he wants to pour into it. The same love the shepherds found when they visited Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus in Bethlehem, as announced by the angels. The shepherds were amazed at what they had seen and heard. This is the good news the heavenly host of angels proclaimed to the shepherds. For today, in the city of David, a, a Savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The question you and I must ask ourselves is this. How does the birth of the newborn babe, Jesus, make a real difference in your life and in mine? Does the good news that is proclaimed this day remain alive in our hearts, at the forefront of our lives, or does it fade away and become no longer the good news, but yesterday news? This truth, this reality, this undeserved eternal gift from God on high should be a great cause for celebration for each of us. The spirit of Christmas should fill us with the peace of Christ, the joy of our salvation, and God's promise of hope that we don't wait until one day in the future to celebrate. We celebrate it now, in the present, every day for all eternity. Jesus gives you and me hope, not only this day of the year, but every day of the year and for the rest of our lives. This is the meaning of Christmas. Jesus is the fulfillment for all those who long for his love and are seeking a future filled with hope. As Isaiah reminds us, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is that light. He is our hope. Jesus is the one who will never rest until we rest in him. May the light of Christ be with you, your loved ones, and all of you who hold there in your hearts. Merry Christmas, everyone.